Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a podcast of CK Family Services. I think I just repeated like the the intro audio that plays right before I start saying hello. Well, now they're really informed. Now you now you've heard it twice. That's right. That's right. You t- so if you love somebody, you should tell them at least twice. So that's good principle. And I do love you. Do you feel loved? You should. You should. You should feel loved. This is where you're supposed to trigger my sounder, Sean. I know because you. I have strong nothing. emotional feelings that are complicated. Yeah, I'm a little slow on the uptake. Sorry about that. I need coffee. Coffee would be good. But anyways, welcome to Foster Family Matters. Uh, we are excited that you have decided to join us yet again. Always. Uh, we are many episodes into this little project that we kicked off earlier this year, yes, and uh, many. we are we're we're getting quite a bit of good feedback from folks about uh, the value of the information we're putting out there. Um, and some people even like it, like from an entertainment value perspective, which is curious. They say we're funny. Right? <laughs> I think it's actually us who tell each other that we're funny. I think I don't know if there's enough. any f- feedback outside of that loop. I think that you count as other people in my world. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sean, I think. It's <laughs> an affirmation right there. Um, that I'm an other person? <laughs> what an affirmation that was. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, you are an other person. <laughs> The person part, right? You're a person. <laughs> you That's affirmed good. me as human? That's you so are, weird. You are other. Okay. Are other. Nonetheless, uh, uh, so this will be the final episode, not of the show, but of the discussion series uh, that we have been um, recording now for a little bit on healthy relationships That's and right. kind of for... Uh, pillars or tenets of uh, hallmarks of uh, what it takes to have a healthy relationship, right? Based on the research by Jude Cassidy. That's right. We love Jude Cassidy. She was an excellent horseman. Huh. (laughs) And a great Beatles song. (laughs) I know. I was about to start singing with you. I have no factual basis to make that statement whatsoever. (laughs) I don't know. She she might have been. She might not have been. And and the Jude and the Beatles song was a boy, so... And I don't I need feel like to it's know. mostly been misleading hmm? so far. It has so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're not yeah. doing her any favors right now. If she's watching Facebook, <laughs> she is too not. So. so I think we just added a fifth pillar, and that is the importance of honesty and transparency in <laughs> a healthy relationship. That's right. Um, no, but seriously. Uh, so we started off with an intro five episodes ago, four episodes ago, however you do the math on that one. And uh, then we talked about the importance in the context of healthy relationships of giving good care and then the importance of receiving good care. Uh, if, uh, if either of those topics are of interest to you and you have not yet listened to them five or six times each, go ahead and go back and pull those down before you proceed. Uh, last episode was about uh, the, the role that interdependence plays in the context of healthy relationship. That's right. Also, have you done your homework? That's, yep. that's a great question. Uh, Lori, did you check the Facebook group? <laughs> I'll let you know on a break. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I to remind everybody what the homework is because perhaps yeah. they could do the homework assignment this week if they're tuning in for the first time. Absolutely. We encourage you to go try and do something, not just try. We really hope that you succeed at doing something independent and autonomous of yourself. So the charge was going to a uh, maybe a three-course meal at a restaurant 
independently or even going to a movie by yourself. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not turning in any homework, so. <laughs> the uh, the topic for today is uh, kind of the, the final tenet that, that we're going to discuss. And, and admittedly, there's probably a lot of nuance, and you could dive this down as, as far as you want to go into a couple of different rabbit holes. But within uh, Ms. Cassidy's uh, presentation, I think there's four, four primary tenets. And the last one that we're going to get to is uh, the need or the ability to negotiate wants and needs That's right. uh, within the context of relationship. Uh, so let's get let's get talking. Let's get talking. Let's speak. And then silence follows. <laughs> well, I, I, was, well, I was just waiting to listen to the talking, and then. So the fourth one is negotiate your wants and needs. And Ryan and I were actually having a dialogue prior to of the importance. If if there is a, a you talk funny. Ryan and I were actually having a dialogue prior to. <laughs> what? Why are you making fun of me on the air? Because everybody should wow. know what we do in <laughs> when we're not squeaky. on the air. That was really high and squeaky. That was squeaky. I'm trying I will to back up. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was misplaced. I apologize. That was so okay. misplaced. High and squeaky was confusing. <laughs> so Ryan and I were dialoguing about the importance, if there is a precedent between wants and needs, if one is more important than the other, and so how we wanted to address this um, in this in this podcast today. And so you'll kind of get the best of both of um, Ryan's perspective and mine, and but in that we'll address wants. Are we going to be contentious today? Maybe, but okay. I think that's okay because we repair and rebuild, right? That's right, because if you've been listening to the other episodes, um, the three of us have spent a lot of time in this room making fun of each other, which might also be an indicator of a healthy relationship, your ability to mock your friends. That's right. Um, so, no, uh, part, you know, to reference that discussion that you mentioned, um, I, I think that, that there's a hierarchy there. And I think that needs a more base level. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be really, really attuned to meeting our kids' needs. Um, and then and then wants are, are slightly different. I think that it is sometimes perhaps um, easier to to negotiate your wants than it is to negotiate your needs. Sure. You know what I mean? Li- li- like want, uh, want potentially has a zero emotional attachment tied to it. Uh, it potentially... Uh, a need potentially reflects negatively on you, right? It's why I won't ask you to help me with my needs because I think, well, somehow we decided that being needy was was just bad. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm needy, then you're just going to think negatively of me. Um, <coughs> you know what I'm saying? I do, and I really liked how you you explained it a little bit differently with the emphasis of of parenting and what a want looks like in a kid. Yep. So take us there for a second. Well, thanks it. for asking the question, Lori. <laughs> do we have to do FM DJ voice on this episode? And now, stairway to heaven. Um, what was your question? No, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so I, I think the reason that, that, I, that I like focusing more on the need than the want, because it's more base level, but I think that, that sometimes if, if, if parents can understand that the, what, what you're seeing in your child is something, is a need that they have, the behavior has been driven by a need as opposed to a want, I think if we can remember on, remember that, it helps me respond to my children a little bit more compassionately because I'm addressing something inside of them that they need. I can dismiss a want because I can say it's just selfish. Right? right. Here's my example. Um, I live 29 miles from this office. I need a car. Dallas-Fort Worth has a lot of east-west train <laughs> systems with a lot of north-south between my house and this office. I, n- I need a car. 
Mm-hmm. I want a Ferrari. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so that's kind of how that made sense to me in, in, in terms of, of needs or, or, or base level and have to be met. Wants are optional. Yes. And I think you just made a really powerful point. I think it, it's really difficult as parents to differentiate between a want and a need. Mm. And so it's one thing to say, I, I, want, I want a soda. I want a soda. And starts, the child starts to tantrum and act out. And we take that as he's he's being kind of needy, but he also wants something that maybe I'm not okay with him having mm. at 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, and so I'm going to give him water, but are we, especially if we have kiddos from the system in our home and we're doing foster care, are we being mindful of the much bigger and underlining need of I need you to be present, I need you to be predictable, I need you to be here, I need to feel comfortable and feel safe with you and this need of felt safety. I think that's really where I come from of understanding the big needs, not just the what's being presented in front of you. Yeah, I, I th- you know, we, we circle back to, to several consistent themes, right? One, being self-aware. One, one, one understanding who you are, coming to terms with your past as part of, you know, you need to be on a journey of healing to help the kids on, on a journey of healing. But one of the other things that I think often, and I would hope we would weave through consistently, is that, I, that we need to look at ourselves um, with the same standard we hold our children to. Right. Here's my example. My children told me yesterday that they needed some screen time. And we're like, you know what, we're not going to, because sometimes we'll like watch an episode of a show together, um, odd, oddly enough, that this is called Foster Family Matters. Uh, and my kids' new favorite show is Family Matters, the show from the 90s with Steve Urkel. Really? Yeah, they love it. They think he is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Did I do that? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sean Wilson crushing Well your, played. I think you have to call him Urkel from now on. <laughs> okay. That I was please. a spectacular impression. Can I put some tape on your glasses by, sure. the, by the bridge? Sure. Because yeah. I, I remember, you know, I watched an episode two nights ago. That's exactly how he says it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So, so we'll, we'll watch that together. And so last night they're like, oh, can we watch um, Urkel? That's what they call the show. And I said, no, no, we're going to eat at the table. And they said, oh, we need to. And I thought, you don't need to watch television. But you know what I did after my children went to bed? I TV. popped up the laptop, went through my emails, and then watched some television. Yeah. You and decompressed. I, and, and Kayla's like, and it gets even worse. She's like, you know, we got to bed late last night. Let's just go to bed. And I'm like, just one more episode. Kind of need this. <laughs> so, so right, and I'm and I'm really I'm really displaying I have needs behaviors, and then yeah. then you think about it after the <coughs> fact that I held my six year old to a higher standard than I was willing to hold myself last night, and that's just wrong, right? She can't need television, but I sure need it, right? And so I, I think when it, when it comes to, to to addressing our kids' needs, we sometimes are dismissive of them and dismiss them as, as something they just want, mm-hmm. um, like the soda example. While the kid might say, "I want some Coke." Okay, well, that manifests itself out of their mouth as it wants to cook, but their body might be telling them they need something to they need something to regulate their blood sugar. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, that might be the the need their body's actually communicating, and that's why, you know, we talked in the previous episode about the, the, the we we kind of bounce between being other regulated and being self regulated, but there is that co regulation in mm-hmm. the middle where we have to give our kids the words. Mm-hmm. Like you have to teach your children to listen to their body. You need to teach your children to communicate what their body's telling them. But all of that doesn't matter if they don't feel like they can have those conversations with you. So we can call it negotiate your needs, which makes it somewhere between being a lawyer and, and selling cars, I guess, right? <coughs> but, well, but, but it's, sorry, Larissa, no, no. But, but it's more than that because if they don't feel 
secure. This is why we spoke. We were talking about this one last because if they don't f- feel secure in the relationship, if they don't feel safe in the relationship, mm-hmm. they're just not going to have it in them to negotiate what they need. And I think part of understanding this is doing exactly what we've just done of separating and trying to identify the differences and the overlays of needs and wants. But the the most profound part of it to me is the word negotiate and what does Mm, that look like right because that's a lifelong skill that we hope to implement and we hope that our children can grasp and understand and take ownership of so that when they do get into adulthood that they are able to use that skill well for them you know we do it constantly 100 times a day whether it's something big like negotiating your raise or just negotiating you know what I can't meet at lunch because I'm gonna I have a a prior commitment but I can meet at two was does that work for you right this give and take this back and forth and I think for me it really ties into are your no's no and your yes is yes and can you hold true to that do you do you have ownership over what you say and what you speak and have those boundaries and and in that if you've never read it cloud and townsend they have a book specifically called boundaries um that is a great way for you to if you tend to be a people pleaser if you tend to have difficulty setting really concrete boundaries for your own well-being um, if you tend to say yes even really when you meant no this is a great book for you. This is a wonderful book. Um, I always use the example in classes of I used to have a truck, and when you have a truck, what's the one thing people call you to do? Move. Help, them Help move, move yeah. hands down. And so if my friend Ryan North calls me and says, hey, we're going to move in about three weeks. Can we borrow your truck, or do you mind helping us? And I say yes. Flash forward that three weeks later, and I realize that it's moving day. And if there's something inside of me, there's something about maintaining a commitment, very true, but there's also something about being true to yourself Mm. and going, hmm, if there's anything that's keeping me from wanting to be present in that feeling, the ownership of saying, you know what, I know I told you that I was able to help and to be really honest, I can't today, and I'm sorry. Um, But then not worrying about necessarily the how that message is being received but just taking ownership of delivering the message and i don't know that we do that very well in this culture yeah no i i don't think so either because you can just see how people have discourse now right right? we don't discuss things anymore we just scream at each other and whoever can scream the loudest or for the longest tends to win and i think this is a really really great great set a skill to develop right because um it is a real world skill i mean we negotiate schedules and and deadlines constantly mm-hmm. with people, right? And we don't think that there's there's no problem doing that. But when your kid says to you, "Can I have a compromise?" Right? I mean, it, you got to rejoice and go, "Oh my gosh, that kid trusted me enough and trusted I will act in their best interest." Like they felt like they could ask for something different. Yeah, that's like it's a rejoicing moment. Yeah. This, so this is why I love this one because it is almost like the capstone of of the four hallmarks. Um, we've been doing this, you know, we encountered this a long time. This is one of the first words our kids learned. You, know, you have not really lived until you've seen adults go, what? When they heard like a two and a half year old say, I have a compromise, uh, which our little Brooklyn <laughs> used to say all of the time. Um, but fast forward a little bit. Uh, my in-laws take the kids with them to New Mexico for a week every summer. Kayla's uh, dad's side of the family has some property outside of Rio Doso and, uh, and I remember a couple of years, maybe it was last summer, they, they brought him home. We went to go pick him up from my in-laws. And I walked in. I said, how was it? And my mother-in-law didn't say hello. She didn't say um, anything about the trip. She just looked at me and said, 
great job raising a house full of lawyers because the entire trip was, can I have compromise? Can we do something different? The entire time, um, which, which I guess, you know, if she ever listens to this episode, she'll understand that that is an indicator that they felt like that, that, that they have a good relationship with her. Absolutely. Hey. Yeah. Hey, you stole my absolutely. <laughs> so like you owe each other a Coke now or something? <laughs> uh, something like that. So something that I, when, it, when I talk to parents about uh, who are struggling, um, I will frequently say, you know, do you, have you ever found parenting to be particularly convenient? And mm. uh, frequently the response is not just no, but, you know, H no, right? And um, this is, this is, I think, uh, um, I don't know what to call it, but in, in the context of what you just described, you know, your mother-in-law coming back and saying, great job doing, you know, raising a, a bunch of attorneys. She probably didn't say that in a loving, loving and compassionate way. She was probably annoyed. I'm yes, going to assume definitely right? annoyance in the tone. And I think that that's where we, we typically go to in the moment when our child is trying to, to exercise negotiation skills that we want them to have frequently. It's we're too busy to do it right now. Right. Like that's or what I said goes. Right. Don't well, question or come back. At well, I think we, we go with that because either we're not equipped to negotiate or True. we we think we don't have time or whatever it is we're working on now is more important. We'll, we'll get to teaching them negotiation later. You know, that sort of thing. We put it off. Right. And um, it's it's just so valuable in that moment to stop down. It, it, it's kind of like um, when you're working out. And uh, for those of, those of you who work out know what I'm talking about. Like when you're working out, you're working out. When you, when you have a gym membership that you never go, you're not working out, right? But when you you're working out, <laughs> when the most important times to go to the gym when you're working out, and, and uh, that's when you don't want to go. Like that's, that's when the difference is made. That's the difference between somebody who's working out and somebody who just has a gym membership that never goes. And that's the difference here with teaching your kids these negotiation skills. The most important time to stop down and teach them a negotiation skill is when you don't have the time to do it because it, it pays the dividends of demonstrating to the child because they know you're busy, right? I mean, they know that you're doing other stuff, but they'll feel valued in that moment. Mm-hmm. You'll remind yourself that they're more valuable than what it is that you're working on, which is important for you in the context of that relationship. And you'll actually teach them negotiation when they're ready to be taught because that's what they're trying to do, right, in that moment. Um, as opposed to like you scheduling an appointment time with them later <laughs> sitting yeah. down and being like, okay, right, here's the lesson that Lori and Ryan taught us on how to teach our children to negotiate. Now you're going to learn. Like, like learned no child that way ever. ever. Yeah, so everything you said is really, really great, but I wanted to respond to that list of reasons um, that we don't stop down and, and deal with what's going on. And it could be because we're busy. It could be for all the things you said. But I think there's there's one that needs to be on the list that is is the toughest one to come to terms with, and that's because a lot of adults um, have this idea that kids need to just know their place. Yes, right. right. That's it a little becomes a power. Yes, it's it's. Well, why would I condescend to to negotiate with a five year old? We say crazy things about children, like I don't negotiate with terrorists. Like like parents proudly say that about mm. their yeah. kids because the, uh, these kids aren't running the house and all those kinds of things. Which and makes sense because you see all of those all of those bumper stickers in in familial neighborhoods that are like. My terrorist is an A plus student, <laughs> right? No, you never see that. But in the context of annoyance for ourselves, maybe. But in the context of annoyance for ourselves, we embrace it, right? We, it, you're exactly right. Well, and I think I think that we we we've um, 
we have the illusion of valuing children in our culture because so much, especially when you have younger kids, uh, well, between about four and 18 is is what I mean by that because um, so much of a family schedule is driven by the children's activities. Like we got like soccer games and theater productions and martial art belt testing and birthday parties and, and all of that in like the last week. And so our schedule our family schedule was heavily driven by the kids' activities. And so we have this illusion that, that kids are valued because their activities dominate our schedule. I will tell you that, the own, that if you want to know that that is not true, just see how people speak to their children in grocery stores. Hmm. Well, and that's exactly where I was going to go. I, there's a difference between debating and negotiating. And I encourage my parents, don't debate with a three-year-old. Debating is contending for the W, right? Yes. Somebody oh, wants to win. Oh, my gosh. Right? Contending for the W. <laughs> yeah. Negotiating is the win-win for both. And you when always got to go for the W, right? Am I right? Are we on the same? That's a good thing. At all costs. <laughs> I think, I think you two are just killing an amazing I'm, point. I'm, get, <laughs> I'm getting better at the timing, but it's still. It's you still should terrible. have done the mind blown on the other one. <laughs> That's little, what I meant to do. A little late on Stream that. delay. I hit that like five minutes ago. But I think you should say it again, what you just said, though, because I think it's such a great, great that point. Deba- debating tends to, it's contending for the W. And this in the flesh, it's, Mommy, I want this candy bar. No, yes, no, yes. And you see this play out. And you're arguing, debating, so that you can be right. And so is your child. Your child wants the candy bar. They want the W, right? But we want, no, I need you to hear me and abide by me and respect me and follow suit after me, right? I need you to be compliant. But with negotiation, where you take the time, whether or not you have it, but allow for both of you to come to a W, you walk out, it's a win-win. Everybody yeah. walks out with feeling heard, known, seen, understood, and then whatever that is. So in the grocery store, I want the candy bar. And instead of saying, you know what, buddy, I want a million dollars. And now we just made something really playful, but we can take it a step further and have the conversations of, I tell you what, we'll get the candy bar. We're not going to eat it right now. Do you understand me? Or instead of this candy bar, let's find something else. But you can get one extra thing where you're negotiating or that you turn it back onto your kiddo and say, buddy, we're not getting the the candy bar but what would make you feel better about this tell me what tell me how you would leave with a smile on your face from this grocery store right now yeah so um i have bad news that we're 22 minutes in and i feel like we're just starting to peel the first layer yeah. of this the just onion. in yeah. episode five of this discussion is going to be broken down into 16 <laughs> topics <laughs> let me so let me pitch something back to you real quick because i think maybe maybe you can hit this one out of the park because if i'm if, I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel bad if it's a swing and a miss. <laughs> there's a lot it. of there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> We're in Arlington. We make baseball. I don't have a drop for pressure. I don't. I don't know what pressure sounds like. Can of corn. Is this Uncle Pressure drop? Um, I don't know. Here you know was what can of corn is. Here was my thing. So in the context <laughs> of in the context of the story you were just telling, grocery store, yeah. and it's not a debate. It's a it's a negotiation. Um, what happens because negotiations go go well when both parties or, or all parties are kind of on the same um, plan to arrive at a shared uh, destination. Sure. Um, I have found, and I think maybe uh, other parents have found that frequently uh, the children are all in on their own wants and needs and aren't 
aren't necessarily very concerned about whether or not you walk away from the conversation um, feeling like you had any win in, in, the, in the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how in the context of, of that moment when it's, I want a candy bar and, and you say, well, how about we get the candy bar and you can eat it later? They say, no, I'm getting the candy bar and I am eating it now. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get the candy bar, I'm going to take it off the shelf and just start eating it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you pay for it or not. You're saying, what do we do? Is yeah. this like a real life <laughs> Sorry. Did this happen last week? I'm asking because <laughs> you hope that nobody notices I've when got, you make threats through clenched teeth. I, I, I led I with I'm a parent with these issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know why you missed that part. You know, I think that there's still something of keeping your your parenthood intact. Well, and it, uh, you it, know, it, in, 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 what I'm okay. setting you up for is 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 that it's not it's not a debate. Right. And it's not a control issue. It's no. it's 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 OK to walk away. I'm sorry. I'm answering my own question. You I are. I was, I love I was working on this it. This is masterful. <laughs> I pitched I pitched it to you and then I ran to the plate and I picked up the bat from you and I'm about to swing it. Go we'll ahead, see what happens. It. I'm probably going to probably going to tip it out into anyways. Um, it's it's OK to it's OK to allow the experience to be um, uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. It's it's okay for a negotiation to be bad. Like a, a negotiation tool is silence. But not if I always got my way or if I never got my way as the parent. And so going back to what we talk about, about the self-awareness and making sense of our past, realizing and understanding what you're bringing to the relationship. What am I bringing to this fit? If I, if I completely um, stonewall my child and dig my heels in, nose and nose and no, get up, let's go, that tells me that maybe you do have a, a hard time having that more difficult, complex conversation where it is uncomfortable, where sure. it is, um, oh, I'm going to give my kid an offer to respond back or an opportunity to respond back. And now we can have a dialogue potentially. And then some days you just don't have a dialogue. Some days it's, I'm just letting That's you know, mommy's about to pick you up right now. And I know you're kicking and screaming. Yep. We're going to the car. We're not going to have the candy bar. Yep. So sad. I know that's sad. Mommy gets sad too. We'll talk about it later. Yes, ma'am. That's what or, I was hoping for. the 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 thing is, because it it's not a it's not not an all or nothing kind of a deal where you you as the parent have to feel like um, it's my way or the highway, right? Like you can you can go to the well, we'll get the candy bar, but now it's not a right time for us to eat it. That's that's an offer of negotiation, right? And their counter proposal is no, I'm eating it now, whether you buy it or not. And and the response doesn't then escalate. Like you don't continue to escalate in that side of the negotiation. You say I've made my offer, and and you didn't accept it. The negotiations are closed. Like there's no more discussion about wait, wait, the candy bar, right? And 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 as the parent, it can be hard. I think sometimes I've experienced that it's hard to get to a place of being okay to have everyone staring at you while the child melts down Mm -hmm. and and but you can kind of keep extending them an olive branch of well you know there's an offer on the table are you okay with with my my offer you know we can we can get the candy bar and and let me say two things yeah i i guess what i'm trying to say is that in the context of negotiation i think that um uh it's important to understand that that negotiation is a skill set Right. It is. And and I'm going to be really honest. Examples like the one you just gave make me not necessarily feel uncomfortable. It just extends. I have a lot more curiosities and a lot more questions to follow up with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's right. what, I mean, we don't want to simplify. It makes it hard to respond to that kind of a thing in this context. Right. right? Yeah. Because now I'm going to ask, well, you know, where has he had water? Is he up on his hydration yep. and his nutrition? And, right. and did he get enough sleep? And being the investigator trying to figure out, because it may not just be the candy bar. We talk about a bigger need, a bigger underlining need and seeing the need. That's right. And if we're able to identify a bigger 
bigger underlining need, then it kind of changes the trajectory, I think, because we have more options of attending to whatever those needs may be. Um, But come the end of the day, I encourage my parents, for a kiddo six and under, maybe even seven and under, and the chronological age could be older if developmentally that child is younger, that you give two options, you Mm. give two potential chances for you to negotiate or make a good decision. And if the child is showing you that they cannot do that, they're doing just that. They're showing you they cannot and they need you as the parent to be in control in a really healthy way to step in and take um, to resolve the situation in that moment. Yep. Okay, and so two uh, two chances. But we can either negotiate, let's try negotiating, let's try compromising because they're different, right? Negotiation mm-hmm. is a discussion. Compromising is something you're willing to sacrifice or set aside to get. And, and if those two don't work, you're just showing me that you need me to make a choice. And so this is me co-regulating with you, right. making the choice to help you be regulated. I don't know if you know this or not, Ryan, but she's good. Yeah, yes, I did know that. I tell people that (laughs) all the time. Um, I have about 10 minutes worth of answers to your questions there. I'll try to go fast. All right. We'll concede two minutes. Okay. Thank you, (laughs) Your Majesty. Uh, So Stephen Covey, in his book, uh, The Ten and Whatever, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People, was uh, one of the habits was um, effective people have a win-win or no-deal mindset. Okay, and I think that that is really, really valuable in parenting to have a win-win or no-deal mindset. And we think um, that that negotiating our needs, comp- reaching a compromise or whatever, is just getting is us giving an inch for you to give a mile. But but true negotiation and and and, and a win-win, no-deal or no-deal mindset is where we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so and so often parents are not willing to meet in the middle. They want the child to come all the way over to them, and then it'll take one step in the direction of the child. I think. Um, that that's important. Uh, I think w- w- what I know, what we've learned over the years, is the more times you're willing to say yes about things, the more willing children are to accept it when you say no. Okay, but yes. parents insist on saying no about everything. Mm-hmm. Right? We're no machines. Can I no? Will you no? Whenever let kids finish the sentence before the time, and like, will you play? Will you play dolls with me? Like my wife videos me, and I'm like, just don't put it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> she videos me playing dolls with my girls. Because that's what they need. They just need mm-hmm. some of daddy's time. It's not about dolls. And I have to get over the fact that I don't want to play dolls. I don't like to play dolls. But I have to say yes when they want some of my time. And the more we say yes to our children. But what we find, we, the reason we say no to our children is not before, because it's in their best interest. It's because we just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. The other thing you said is that um, is, is in that thing, we don't actually negotiate or, or move the issue to a place of peaceful resolution um, in the grocery store because our primary concern is not our child's needs. It's how we appear to the other people in the store. Mm. Potentially. Uh, okay. That was, that was broad. I mean, I think that there's some people okay, that I, just I'll, don't care. I'll, I'll restate, counselor. I'll restate, counselor. In the vast majority of, of instances, and the only reason I say that is because when we ask people why they parent the way they do, for every 99 people who tell me the Bible, my church, books I've read, the way I was raised, what my friends do, one will tell me I care what other people think. Mm-hmm. Right, the majority of people think that think they're playing a different game than what they're actually playing, mm-hmm. and the game we're playing is how do I appear in this moment to others? Does it look like I have control? That's why people like do clenched teeth. If you don't stop doing it, I'm going to take you to the bathroom. Stuff inside of the grocery store because they just needed to stop. They don't want resolution. They just wanted to stop. Right, and so that's why people in, in that's doing exactly that. right. So so here's a couple of things that I wanted to say. So often people have made the mistake of thinking that a connected parenting approach. Is 
is a permissive parenting approach. It is not. Very much so. Right, and that's a mistake people make. They think that in order to be a connected parent, you have to give in to your kid all the time. I will remind you to go watch some of those Karen Purvis videos. Remember the one the kid throws his helmet? And she's like, no, you go get your helmet right now. <laughs> it was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> right? There was no doubt. Like, like she did not have to to lord it over you that she was in control. No. And I tell people this all the time. If you have to keep reminding somebody that you're in control, what I think we all know is that you're not in control. And so if you get into these little power struggles with your children, you have to figure out that there's the figure that there's a better way to do this. And the counterintuitive answer is that the more that you say yes about stuff that you can say yes to, mm-hmm. the more willing they are to say to accept it when you say no. Absolutely. And then my final thought on this listening to the two of you guys um, something that Laurie said that, that in that moment when you talk to the kids I lied it's my second final thought <laughs> um, to give them the words because, because you know, my, my wife, my wife <coughs> likes to say that, well, that most of us were raised you either sad or mad and there was no continuum of feelings we didn't, tell, we didn't learn that you could be frustrated that you could be disappointed right. and all of those things which, which are between sad and mad and so giving your kid the words to connect with the feelings they're actually experiencing, I think is a really, really great strategy because over time they can realize that they are frustrated, not angry, right? And then the last thing I want to say is always, always leave those things with the, give, giving people some hope. The Bible says without hope, the people perish, right? Paul said that faith, hope, and love were the three big ones that remained. And so uh, do, can we, I mean, adults listen to this, right? We can be minorly adulty here. So in the con- in the context of, of marriage, just minorly, though. minorly. So, so in the context of marriage, isn't that kind uh, of an oxymoron? A minor adult. <laughs> in in, <laughs> in the context of, of marriage, let's just say that you, you, get, to, you get to the end of the evening, and one spouse says to the other one, um, "Do you want to be physically intimate?" And then what can happen is you can say yes or you can say no as mm-hmm. an autonomous person. But if you just say no, not tonight. I'm tired. Then the other person's like, "Dude, I got rejected." Or you could say. You know, I'm really tired tonight. Can we make a priority of, of being together like that tomorrow? Like, not watch TV and then, can you, right. can you tell this conversation's happened in my house? But what, because what you do there is you leave the person whose idea it was, you give them some hope. And then all of a sudden, you're not disappointed. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we're just going to watch TV tonight. We'll, we'll be intimate tomorrow night. And I think that that's the same in all relationships is that if there is a potential point of contention, if somebody wants something that somebody else doesn't want, you can get that to a peaceful place if you will leave them with hope. Like you said, yeah, we can buy the candy bar and you can eat it later. Well, and that, like that, that, yeah. that you did a brilliant job, purposeful or not, of coming completely back full circle. Of, of no. course it was purposeful. <laughs> that was kind of like sideways. <laughs> you were brilliant accidentally. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know if you were trying to sound smart, but you did. You don't realize your own brilliance. Can oh, I, I'm I, pretty sure he realizes I, his own I, brilliance. He, he does. I just meant people in general, but yeah, you're you're right on that one. Can I get Sean. audio clips? Can you send me the whole? Aware. Can you send me the whole I, audio file of this episode? I think we found Loy's drop for the sound machine. <laughs> I don't no, know if you were meaning we to be brilliant. <laughs> you you did a fantastic job of being brilliant, whether you know it or not. You might have done a fantastic job. In that you're now we're. <laughs> People are going to have to rewind and listen to the reason behind my yeah, I don't even know what's talking. we're talking I'm about. Trying. Context is not important. <laughs> At all. 
that that example you just negotiated whatever spouse was saying not tonight honey but i know this is important and let's do it tomorrow that's a negotiation yeah absolutely right so when you're giving hope there's the potential that hope is looped into the negotiation mm-hmm. aspect yeah, at it has some to point. Be, yeah and it all right. ties together because we started off talking about giving care and receiving care and interdependence and now you get to the point of negotiation which is how we started this episode off about why we waited till last to talk about negotiation right. Is in in order for people to be at the negotiating table, there has to be parties that are both interested in giving and receiving, and and their interdependence of their autonomous selves, right? And and so within that complete framework, we get around to, I think, final thoughts for this episode. Well, that that was I don't know if you were intending to be brilliant there, Sean. <laughs> no, I wasn't. See? I was Thank trying. You. I was trying to be daft. <laughs> I think it's pronounced doft. Oh. Whilst. <laughs> Whilst. Whilst. Closing Anyhow. thoughts, huh? Yeah, closing <laughs> thoughts. I'll go first this time since you went first last time. Okay. I think that we need to do whatever it takes to have healthy relationships, and I think that being willing to um, negotiate your needs is, is obviously a hallmark because somebody way smarter than I uh, came up with that. Um, but, but here's why negotiating needs is important, um, because if I will focus on what's best for you, and not just focus on what's best for me, uh, then we actually are able to get to a place where we can compromise and move forward. Um, I will tell you that, that the, 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 the turning point, um, like, like I think, like my wife and I've always got along pretty well, but I think where our marriage kind of went next level in terms of relationship is when somebody gave us the advice that, that, that it, in any disagreement, ask yourself, how can we solve this in the best interest of the other person? Mm-hmm. And and if you can actually do that, because I don't always get it right, but when I actually f- feel that way, I find like we disagree less, we get to resolution faster because you are focused on what the other person needs. Mm-hmm. Um, back-to-back ministries, um, you know, Jane Schooler, who we require people to read yeah. her book, Wounded Children Healing Home, she works at back-to-back in Cincinnati. And they have a, a retreat center in Mexico for their staff. And one of the things they do there is they have these two ropes that are like, you know, 12 inches off the ground. It's not high, but they start... Uh, 12 inches apart and they end like three feet apart and you have to put one person on the other side and another person and you have to hold on to each other and get across and everybody falls and then once everybody's had their turn at falling the instructor says the reason you're falling is because you're focused on preserving yourself if you will focus on making sure the other person stays on the ropes you will get to the end I promise you just trust me because when, somebody's looking out for you. And when you do, when you're, when you're more concerned about the other person staying upright, you actually get to the place you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're concerned about preserving yourself, you don't ever get there. Mm-hmm. And that lends a lot into our last podcast, too, of that interdependence of putting, you know, it's important to put ourselves first and, and make sure that we're okay, but also keeping in mind, being mindful of those around us and helping them into that place of success, whatever that looks like. Yep. Right? Um, excellent point. Thank you, Laura. You've been very affirming and complimentary today. Well, you've been saying some good stuff. Oh, wow. She's like, what? <laughs> I was... I was <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Sean Wilson. I'm just going to join the podcast over here. I think, I think statistically I was due. <laughs> it was about to happen. But Sean here has been saying brilliant stuff. You said good stuff. He says brilliant stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that better? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense, but...
I, I will say of all your closing points, this one has been the most rambling. It really so has. Far. I know. Can Ramble. I just, can Go I ahead. Just try get to you'd what you'd I like to say. try that again? Um, <coughs> Hands and eyes. I think when it comes to negotiations, it's if you're listening and, and you kind of are our hope, my hope is that you're doing some inner landscaping and you're kind of peering within and saying, ooh, do I, how do I do that? Do I do that often? Do I do that well? Or, or do I just need to work on that? Um, negotiation, I think, is really understanding the power of your own voice. And the more that mm. you use the voice, the yep. more powerful you'll, you'll feel. Mm. Um, so good. And so I think being mindful about your own, your own identity in terms of self-worth and self-value um, and esteem and confidence and the, the fact that your your voice needs to be heard and it deserves to be heard. And I think once we can accept that and, and find um, truth in that, then we feel powerful enough to speak up and negotiate. That's good. But if you're not a negotiator, I just encourage you to, to do some some inner workings on yourself of boosting your own confidence yep. and self-esteem. You know what, Lori? That was brilliant. Thank you, Sean. Are you trying to be brilliant? No. Oh, okay. Just checking. That seems to be the gut check. It seemed it seemed effortless. I do have. Um, well, in the show notes, Sean and I don't know this, but I do have a little cheat sheet. In this in this series, we've kind of volleyed back and forth between um, relationships as a whole, but sometimes we'll narrow in and talk about the the child parent relationship. I have a sheet that breaks down each of these four um, tenants or hallmarks, and we'll show you. What qualities, when we do this well with our children, what qualities are developed? And it's things like self-efficacy and self-worth and attachment. And then it also shows you some quick, easy tools to utilize to encourage these four tenets in your child and in your relationship. And so Sean can go ahead and put those on the the, um, show notes, and they'll be ready for you during this podcast. Yes, my lady. Thank you, sir. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and so I don't, I don't know that I've got anything different to say as a closing thought than in, than what I've said in the previous four episodes of this of this uh, series or parts of this series, and that is just, um, you know, within the context of relationship, it, it's so tempting whether you're a parent or a spouse or a friend to to point your finger and encourage others to seek self help. Mm. Um, but uh, point, point, make sure when you're pointing the finger that you're looking in the mirror mm. um, because uh, you're the only one that you've got the ability to, to control. And um, the choices that you make are uh, become influential in the lives of others. And, and um, as you become a pleasant person to, uh, uh, to be around and as you exercise good relationship skills, you'll find that, that folks will – start to mimic and and uh, mirror uh, the things that you're doing and and more so than than forcing somebody into compliance with the brilliance that you've heard today on the podcast uh, force yourself into compliance with it and then um, move forward from there and I think when you identify it in other people there's there's a compulsion to when you identify these four tenants and you're able to see them in other people there's a gravitation towards people like that you want to be around healthy people that understand and have a secure relationship and so so you you can grow within that as well as as well as your friendship base or your peer base or those other people that are influencing you just like you're influencing them. Absolutely. I, I you know I, I think that something you said there, Sean, that's really really valuable is is ultimately and and I, and I think for the most part we get this backwards is ultimately I I can change Ryan because I can do the work. I can't change you. I can help you. 
right? And, and thinking like I can work on myself, but I can help another person. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we flip that around and go, I'm gonna work on somebody else. Right. Yeah, and I think that, that healthy is recognizing I need to do the work, and then once I've done the work, I can maybe help you, but that's the best I can do, I can help you. That's right. so, y- you know what that working on other people looks like? It looks like how the Grand Canyon came to be, because it's just wearing away at somebody over and Cavernous. over and over and over. The water just continuously Erosion. eroding who they are until they're conformed oh my into gosh. who you There's want another to episode be. right there. Trying to fix somebody else will just erode the relationship. Oh, go. let's do that. Oh, okay. Stay so, tuned. I, I'm, I'm, somebody tweet that. Somebody, don't also, don't tweet it until after the episode comes out. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the podcast landscape is competitive, sir. (laughs) Hashtag ditto. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to put in my final pleas. Uh, Give us uh, subscribe, like, retweet. Uh, What else can you do to our informations? Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff. Give us, uh, give us reviews. Angry faces. Um, we, if you're liking, if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, give us a positive review. Um, we would really appreciate that. It takes a little bit of your time, but uh, what it does is it helps the directories that actually distribute this information to folks uh, to understand uh, that people find it valuable. That's right. And uh, so that will help others to find. The other thing that you can do most directly is share it just yourself, one person to another. Word of mouth is is a fantastic way to get the information around. Uh, if you have not already, f- uh, please go and join our Facebook group. Uh, you can join in conversation with us. Uh, we pop in and, and answer questions and, and ask questions all the time. You can find community with other parents and other folks that are uh, seeking relationship. That Facebook group is Foster Family Matters, just like the show. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Foster Family Matters. I think that's it, guys. Awesome. Good night, everybody. Good night. And goodbye.